Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Brett Prater, Brett5522 on Instagram. I'm here accompanied by my friend Ryan Morse. That's Ryan Rob underscore 12 on Instagram. And this is the first ever edition of Millennials with a Mic. I'm thrilled about this. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing great, Barb. Really, uh, really excited to get this underway. Uh, I know we've had a lot of plans in the making for quite a while now, so it's nice to uh, really see things starting to form. Exactly, exactly. I can't wait to the point where we get this big and we can start getting paid for some ads and everyone has a great time. Just trying to have a good time on here, that's all. (laughs) Amen. Anybody that wants to have a good time is welcome here. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, Ryan, um, just a little bit in current events, we do have the Super Bowl coming up. Um, you have a you have a pick on the Super Bowl so far. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be pretty easy, Barb. Uh, you know, Tom Brady has found a way to dominate the season in the last sixteen years, so I I don't see why you see why you stray away from him here. Exactly. And uh, if he's able to come back from a twenty five point deficit last year, I think he'll. He'll be able to deal with the uh, Carson Winsless uh, Eagles, that's for sure. What about you? Exactly. Um, you know, I go in with the philosophy that you either bet on Tom or you don't bet the game at all. And there's just – there's no sense in betting someone other than Tom in this game. Just the amount of experience that he has, you're betting on Bill Belichick, you swallow the five points in Minnesota or whatever it is, and you're going to be perfectly fine, I think. Um yeah, I'm for sure swallowing the points I'm taking. The greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And, and days- amen, <laughs> amen to that. And you and uh, even if you're feeling a little bit uneasy about the game, and you're just looking to get some easy cash, I see no problem with the Patriots ML two, as that is uh, something you could just lock away, consider it done a done deal, and not have to worry about the uh, you know the outcome of the events. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's as pretty much a lock as you can get. Ryan, let me ask you, just as a fellow sports better, um, let's say those odds come out at minus two fifty. Um, is that something that you like to bet, or do you try to stay away, try to stay in between the minus one thirty and up range, or do you, will you bet something that's minus two fifty? Yeah, honestly, it's tough to uh, take that big of a favorite. Um, Honestly, I personally stay away from uh, anything that high, but it is something that I would recommend to maybe someone just getting into sports betting or someone who just wants to uh, have something to or have something to root for. You know, while you're going to these Super Bowl Super Bowl parties and getting drunk, uh, you might as well you know <laughs> make make some make a small winning on it as well. But now, personally, I usually try to keep it right around the. Uh, Plus one ten to minus one uh, ten, and any of those who are close to me know I'm a big uh, dog fan. So <laughs> going uh, all the way up into the plus odds too, I'm a big fan of. Got yeah. But uh, something that you did get out earlier, Barb, that I uh, think we could highlight is taking the best player to play the game uh, on a bet. At with only always minus five look. odds, always is a always look. a good look. <laughs> so you, I don't think you can ever go wrong there. And uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously, but you would have done you would have done well so far up to this point in his career, wouldn't you say? Of course. <laughs> yeah, against but, uh, against the spread. I wish I had the stats in front of me. I'm curious. Maybe we'll have one of our statisticians get after that and see his entire career what Tom Brady is against the spread. I. Uh, I'm sure just tailing that. Just incredibly profitable, I would assume. 
Oh, one can only assume, yeah. And when he holds, I mean, record after record in postseason and regular season, including wins, postseason wins, postseason touchdowns, <laughs> passing yards, games, Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl MVPs. It's uh, it's hard to argue the other side, Barb, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. And the the interesting thing about Tom Brady, I think, is we're we're not even discussing greatest football player anymore. He he's it's just not even it's not even that is, we're not know, that's cemented. Yeah, we're not even talking about that anymore. We're talking about is he the greatest American sports athlete that's ever walked? That's kind of where or this, Barb. Yes. Barb, let me just take it one step further. Has is he the greatest human being? Has he <laughs> lived the greatest life thus far? See, I I. Uh, I personally would think so, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second, absolutely. But just as far as just athletes, we'll talk yeah, about sorry. Go ahead. But just as far as athletes are concerned, we're not comparing him to Joe Montana anymore. We're not comparing him to any other football player, really. Um, he's far and away the best person that's ever picked up a football. But we're talking about comparing him to other greats now. The only other sport where I think that exists, where there is a clear and away best of all time, is hockey. Uh, obviously, Wayne Gretzky's the best person to ever pick up a stick. But, I mean, if you've ever seen any of the footage, you can tell the goalies have absolutely no idea what they are doing back then. They're sliding around. It's nowhere near the level that it is now. But just as far as records and numbers are concerned, he's far and away the best. And he's doing it right now, you know, in 2018. At the exactly. age... At the age of 40 years old, in his 16th or 17th season, with a family at home and a Victoria's Secret model wife, <laughs> uh, might I remind you, who I believe uh, in records indicate makes more money than he does. Wow, mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? That I mean, that's insane. That's His life is insane. Let me ask you, do you think that having – do you think that serves as a distraction? I mean, obviously it hasn't, but – Tom Brady is just he's not he's not like us. He's not like the rest of the population. <laughs> Tom Brady no, is on a different level. I mean borderline immortal. Borderline I, immortal. I I couldn't agree more. The word demigod really uh, <laughs> comes to mind in in sixth grade mythology you'd learn about the gods and then they would come down and you know have relations with humans and produce these Herculean type offspring, and I think of Tom Brady, honestly, when that when that comes to mind. <laughs> Precisely, I mean, the man literally just talking about his life now. The man literally has one of the most incredible stories. Of course, he's a six round draft pick, overlooked. I mean, just what more could you ask for? It's an incredibly um, started from the bottom. Now we're here type story. Um, if you've seen the picture of him, and I think it's high school, he's kind of a chubby guy. Uh huh. Real lengthy looking guy too. Yeah, eventually thins out, makes it work, fits, grows into his body. Um, but yeah, just, he has this incredible story just as far as sports, but let's take football away aside for a minute. I mean, the guy is clearly a good looking guy. Um, he has a Victoria's Secret model as a wife. Um, I'm sure. Two poster child children too. Oh yeah. Yeah. To boot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, you include his, his stuff with Uggs, which I'm not sure if he would have that, um, aside just for sake, let's say he, that he does. Um, you take football away, and this guy is probably already living a top, a top twenty, top thirty life all time. T- taking football all away, time. taking football away. You include football, which fo- you include football, which America's probably number one most popular sport right now. 
Uh, and he's the greatest to ever do it. And you are looking at the greatest, the greatest human to ever walk this earth, in my opinion. I don't think, I don't think a life gets better than that of Tom Brady. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Really, it's hard to debate. Hard to debate anything else. And people might bring up, oh, well, what about rulers or uh, Caesars across the history of the world? But we're living in the modern age where mm-hmm. anything is accessible with the snap of a finger, especially if you are Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And you uh, people also argue, well, what about people richer than Tom Brady or more well-off? Well, do they have all of the, the beautiful family, the the pedigree of exactly. just athletic dominance? I don't. I, I just can't see anyone else really topping that. I don't think so. And even those old guys, you still have to remember. Even if you were a king in Rome, you were still taking a poop in a bucket and throwing it out the window. Like oh back yeah. In the BC era or whatever. Like that's and only living till you're thirty until your uh, your best mates stab you in the back. Yeah, or you died from whatever. You died from the common cold. Like, from or syphilis, you know, from the the town whore. I mean, yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> it's just really a lot of options. And there's a lot of X factors. But you know what doesn't have an X factor, Barb, is Tom Brady. Just consistently, consistently dominant in, uh, in everything he does, really. True. And it's not even like, let, let's, say, let's say Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, let's say they combine, and let's say they combine in Tennessee, for instance. I... I still think they're great, but I don't think they rise to the level that they do as they're in they're in Boston, they're in that huge market. They're the Patriots, one of the biggest brands in all of the world. Um it's just a perfect storm, I think. It's a um Bill even with a comeback story of his own getting fired and then making it work out. Um yeah, it's just a really great story, great guy. It's tough to be. Yeah, I really, yeah, I really do think it is the uh, the ultimate American Cinderella story. Yeah, the only and, the only uh, guy that I think rivals him is Dan Bilzerian, and just keeping up with his Instagram account, that's that's why he he's a close yes. second in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's that's a good shout there to Dan Barb. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll see him for dinner. Yeah, well, friend of could... the program, friend of the program. Uh-huh. We'll get him on the podcast shortly. Just stay tuned, listeners. He'll be on shortly. Uh, I'm sure he'll be thrilled to uh, see how we rank him number two. But I mean, honestly, I, I'm sure even Dan Dan would understand that you can't top Tom. And I would, I would it's something that. it's something that Nick Foles is about to find out real soon, Barb. I would agree. It, just could you imagine having that much money at your disposal? Just what Tom and Dan have. Um, let me ask you: if you had 150 million dollars, um, which is Tom Brady's estimated net worth, um, what would you go and spend it on? So yeah, 150 mil. Um, I would probably make sure, sure the family's well off. Uh, you always gotta take care of things at home first. Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of that, I would really, I would probably uh, build my own library. To be honest, Barb, build your own yeah. library. <laughs> that uh, that I think qualifies under wrong answers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking about this a little bit today, and 150 million. The first thing I'm doing is I'm putting on putting it on the Patriots ML because that's free money. So I'm going to collect a little bit more. Amen to that. <laughs> once once <laughs> I have whatever that leaves me with, I think the next move I go ahead and do is I'm buying a yacht. Uh, and I think I'm just going to live lavishly on that yacht 
putt around on that thing across the oceans and enjoy my life there. A lot of people will kind of get on you there about, oh, what about charity? You even kind of had a noble response, build a library, which, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine people reading and why libraries even still exist, but I guess to each his own. Uh, yeah, not, not, a huge, not a huge fan of charity. Just seems like an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, to be honest, Barb, I know a lot of uh, recent, you know, allegations. Uh, I don't want to get any, into anything political tonight. Okay. Yeah, we'll leave that for another <laughs> night. But with all of recent allegations going around, you it really makes you wonder how much of all that charitable money is going towards those uh, – Towards those real causes, you know? True. And how much is uh, just being funneled towards the top? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fair point. See, in my opinion, J.J. J. J. Watt did it right. Now, he could have not given a dime and just called out other rich people to contribute. That's the way to do it. That's the, I'm sure he Amen. Did, I'm sure he did donate, but, like, he didn't have to, you know? If you just go out and call out other rich people, there you go. <laughs> and under exactly. GoFundMe, they get to make a big thing of it. You get to say, yeah, look at what I'm doing and you could not contribute a dime, which I don't, I'm certain that's not what he did, but I think that would be my move if I was, yeah. uh, if I was wealthy and, and, and expected to contribute, get other people. In I, I think that's a fair, a fair move to be honest. You would really go with the library though. That's interesting. Why, why the I'm library? thinking so. Why the library? Um, well, I would just need somewhere, uh, to store, uh, just all of the all of the things that I don't want to get erased. So, okay, maybe records that uh, might be important uh, to maybe later on future future peoples. Okay, so you, so you're not necess- so it's some books, and are you talking about just like writings, or what exactly are you storing? Um, yeah, maybe governmental uh, writings, maybe things that. Oh, okay, so uh, like the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, that sort of stuff. Uh, precisely, and of okay. course, I'd be getting the uh, the authentic copies with my newfound uh, my newfound uh, wealth. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you could buy out uh, the Declaration of Independence. I'm sure someone over there has their price. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, a yacht, that's pretty. That's a solid answer. Yeah, yeah. A <laughs> little more. Although, uh, too much of an eye guy. <laughs> A little too much of an eye guy. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, Barb, uh, since we're still only uh, able to dream about this lavish wealth, is there anything you can tell the viewers out there tonight on what they can do to stop being broke? To stop being broke? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a couple of things, and this is uh, the pot calling the kettle black because I, <laughs> I as well am broke, but... <laughs> My tips on how not to be broke. Let's see here. Uh, number one, uh, drop out of school. Drop out of school. I cannot recommend that enough. Um, it's a bunch of debt. And for the majority of people um, that I meet, sophomores, juniors, um, and like the great Kanye West said, uh, sophomore three years ain't picked a career or something to that effect. Uh, that seems- I believe he did say that, Barb. Yeah, that's uh, the common theme from what I'm seeing. So if you don't know what you're doing, um, do the GEs at uh, JC, I would recommend. And then, I don't know, find your passion, find whatever it is you want to do, and then figure out if you need school to do it. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur type and you want to start your own business, 
I mean, I guess learn whatever it is you need to learn from school, but then head to apprenticeships and avoid paying these huge sums of money for stuff that you're not even going to use later on down the road. Yeah, however, I think that's – oh, go ahead. Yeah, however, um, I appreciate all the doctors and lawyers out there that do go to school. Um, yeah, I mean, you're going to make a ton. You're going to go a ton into debt, but – I mean, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do, and Godspeed, more power to you. <laughs> exactly. You you almost feel like those people have some type of uh, innate calling towards those professions, in which you just ultimately respect. But hey, man, it's not it's not for me. Twelve years of school, exactly. one hundred and twelve thousand dollars worth of yeah. debt. Not for starting me. life at thirty two. Yeah, not not my thing, but I'm glad people do it. Because when I exactly, sick, no, I'm I like, think I'm that's fair. Even in my, I uh, just started, uh, just started university again over here this uh, this week. But even in my 460 literature and writing class, the pinnacle of your uh, undergraduate literature and writing um, teachings, and we're going around the class introducing our names, uh, what and what we want to do post graduation. Which for most of the people in there is coming in three to four short months. You know, the real world is co- yeah. real world is coming. Yeah, and I'm not lying to you, Barb. I would say 12 to 15 people had the same response. I'm a literature and writing major. Um, I am graduating in the May, but to be honest, I don't really know what I want to do when I get out of here. I'm just happy to be done. And wow. I, I mean, it, it honestly it made me mad. I was going around the, the the room and just every every other person or every third person had the same response. And I was just thinking, how can you sit there and say you're going to be happy to just be finished when most? I mean, I don't want to. Uh, assume but most likely you've accumulated some type of debt on the way and you've set up no future career opportunities post this uh graduation you know it's really it was striking to be honest yeah yeah i mean that's that's scary to be let's just say twenty thousand dollars i'm sure for a lot of people it's a lot more than that but 20 grand in debt and then now what (laughs) i have very much so now what? That's and then the the other forty percent that did not answer that they just wanted to be a high school teacher. You know, we I mean we all know how much high school teachers are being paid right now, which is a whole nother topic of debate, because teachers should be one of the highest paid professions. Uh, to be honest, I would agree. I would agree with that. I, I let me ask you: Would you make a change to curriculum just in general? So, let's say in high school. Let's not go to college because in college you have a little bit more say about what you can do. Let's say high school, for example. Um, you're pretty much forced to take X, Y, Z class um, in order to graduate. Would you change up the curriculum at all, or would you leave it the way that it is? Uh, to be honest, I think not just the curriculum, but the entire system or the structure of um, our American education system really needs to be reevaluated and uh relooked at and we need to start asking ourselves what exactly it is that we want kids to take out of school or what it is we want them to get out of it do we want them to just be able to produce a piece of paper with a bunch of a's on it or do are we trying to mold future citizens of america you know contributing contributing citizens of america people who have able to uh, think critically and be able to see the issues in the world and not just see them but also maybe act on them or spread awareness of those issues or are we really just looking for people that can cram the night before and produce uh, answers on a, scan- a scantron the morning of you know exactly and i was watching some video on facebook and i thought it was interesting 
that it said the American education system, the way it is right now, is it's basically designed for the factory workers. This is what you do then. This is what you do now. Your life is controlled by a bell. It's obey, obey, sit down, stand up, raise your hand, go to the bathroom now. This is your lunchtime. Uh, It's very controlling, uh, and it's basically designed for the factory worker, whereas we're not encouraging the entrepreneurs of the world, um, and we're not just teaching general um, basic life skills. Like I was talking to our friend Dante about this, and the fact that there's no class – I mean there's you have a health class, but I mean I feel like health class at every high school is just an absolute joke, but there's no – um, class just talking about the your general well-being of how to take care of yourself um, beyond the very basic stuff like how how often is it where you you feel something or um, you feel something in your body and you're like oh is this normal I wonder what's going on I feel like they would they should go a little bit more in, in depth where we understand um, our bodies a little bit better and not not in the biology way where we're learning about the cells and all that, whereas that's not really practical um, except for the people that want to go down that field, but just more general health. And also talking about um, mental health, something that I think is important, and just general finances. Like finances, I feel like, is something that's just very much uh, skipped over in high school. Maybe you have one econ class, but it's not really talking about personal economics. It's talking about um, the economic economics of the world or the U.S. with micro and macro. Um, and it's not talking about how to budget, how to uh, save, how to save up for a home, what different types of loans you can get, how to buy a car, what the difference is, and even student loans, um, the different types of student loans you can get, what your options are. And uh, I think that they're missing a giant portion of just general life skills that's not being taught in high school where we're spending time on less practical things that it- – what they thought that we had to know whenever the American school system was designed. And I think it's failing a lot of people. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think it, uh, to say it's failing a lot of people would almost even be an understatement. Uh, I mean, some of those things you brought up, just general, general finances, struck me as well, something being really important because, as you said, we learn about uh, macro or microeconomics on a grand uh, level and how – these economic forces perhaps drive our, uh, you know, our nation and other nations around us. But we have absolutely no idea uh, how to file. You know, uh, I don't. I my stepdad still does my taxes for me. Uh, yep. You know, tax season, tax season is coming up, so there's there's one earthly uh, example. Mm-hmm. I'm 22 years just turned 22 years old, and instead of doing my taxes because I know it doesn't take long, you know, I mean, it can't take long. He seems to hammer it out in an hour, and instead of uh, me being able to do that because I was never taught, uh, he does that. And one might say, "Well, that's not up to the school to teach you." But where do we draw the line, really? You know, where's the line drawn from? You need to learn that at home as opposed to you need to learn that at school. And yeah, something totally. that you brought up that uh, was, I think, mo- the most important aspect was uh, something that really just needs to be emphasized a whole lot more than it is right now is just mental health issues. I think uh, tons, if not most of all of our national problems really stem from mental health issues. Mm-hmm. The way people are, uh, although you can't affect the way someone's going to be brought up in their home, mm-hmm. you should be able to identify as a teacher or an educator. You should be able to identify any type of 
you know, red flags or things that might come across as, hey, that doesn't seem too normal. And really just, you know, start, try your best to treat it then because I think the the epidemic of, uh, you know, drug abuse all across the nation, I mean, America is by far and away the highest uh, pill prescriber in the world. I mean, second, I don't believe is even half, prescribes half as much uh, pills as we do. So mm-hmm. obviously we're, uh, we're a bit addicted to, we have a drug addiction just as a whole, as a nation. Uh-huh. I think it's fair to say we have an alcohol addiction uh, as a whole, as a nation. I mean, personal... I don't have any stats off the top of my head, but I think anyone, me or you, anyone tuning or listening in can think of one relative of theirs that has an alcohol problem. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I just think if all of, not all of these things, but I think most of these things really could be combated, not obviously, um, eradicated, but I mean, that's just, that's really in a perfect world, but really um, lessens to a degree uh, that their severity if uh, we just paid more attention in schools and uh, just kept an eye out uh, a little bit more for mental health. Totally. And I think um, that's interesting because as far as the mental health thing is concerned, you let's say the kid in uh, elementary school and uh, middle school, for example, before they get to high school, if they're a C student, they're continually told – um, like you, you're almost looked down upon. You're you're not smart. You're not smart. You're not smart. You're not smart. And just because they're not performing well in school doesn't mean that they're not smart. So, for instance, let's say the kid that's getting C's and D's um, in school struggles with history, struggles with English, struggles with science, or whatever the case is. But he's the next computer programmer, and he's going to make two hundred thousand dollars in his life. You know, and we're telling this exactly. kid he's not smart. He's not smart. He's not smart. And then he's going to go be a computer pr- programmer and make plenty of money. Um, and yeah, I, I just, and yeah, that, I mean, that's tough on a, you know, a 10 year old's ego to be constantly be told, I'm not smart. I'm not smart. I'm not smart. Where let's say someone who struggles in math, but they can go off and they're incredible with people. They have incredible people skills. And I mean, the, as the old saying goes, it's not about the grades you make. It's about the hands you shake. And they're incredible incredible at networking. They find their niche and whatever it is, and they're going to make plenty of money and have a happy life. But throughout their entire schooling period, you're constantly told, I'm not smart. I'm not smart. I'm not smart. Just because it's testing one little aspect of intelligence. Um, Exactly. Just because you don't uh, qualify in their their set standards of, um, of assessment. And those standards themselves are really just outdated in general. I mean, yeah, we, I, I we really live in a world that's fueled by uh, the internet and the information. We live in the information age, as uh, people have, or, or as it's been called. So, really, I just think the the archaic way that school has been set up, structured, and still uh, perforated is just really uh, sad, almost. Totally, and it's. I, I don't think we're asking for a utopia. I just think we're the education system is so far behind where it needs to be. So, like, whereas, uh, let's say, in science or whatever it is, we're having these kids memorize all these things or memorize the periodic table or memorize uh, how many meters is in a um, is in a whatever, is in a mile, whatever it is. We're early 1900s, it, it was beneficial to memorize that. Now it's, hey, Siri, how many X is X? And bam, there it is. <laughs> And so exactly. spending spending time memorizing that stuff 
it's like society is advancing at this rapid rate, but school is just stuck in the mud and it's not advancing with the rest of society is what it seems like. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's actually pretty relevant to another discussion I had in class that talked about uh, Karl Marx saying how everyone is um, their world and their everything they know around them is totally influenced by their class or their social, their place in their in social mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. And how, uh, and that was a basic operating um, theory in Marxism and um, obviously in that period. And how uh, po- uh, a lot of postmodernism, which is a huge, uh, I mean, very am- ambiguous word, but how uh, postmodernism was really looking, uh, was really able to just kind of get past that in the sense that now everyone has access to. Um, you know, these to information to things to the internet, everyone has access to things that previously only the upper or the rich elites would be able to have access to. And it is, um, it's promising to say at least, uh, with, with, um, this huge revolutionary spark, but, um, as all things, um, do, or as most things do, uh, we can already see corruption, uh, beginning to take place with this beautiful new revolution, um, I'm sure anyone who has a Facebook knows that uh, they're being catered to through basic al- algorithms. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's, it's not new, new news, but yeah. the things that you're receiving on Facebook are things that are catered to you, things that you want to see or things that you've previously looked at or been associated to. So now uh, let's let you know you're a good market for this product. And so we can already see how these things are being abused or taken, uh, taken advantage of. I mean, net neutrality was a huge um, debate within the last couple of months. And mm-hmm. so we are being, beginning to see the cracks or the, the, uh, the space in which individuals are trying to, to take uh, from everyone else. But yeah, in general, I think it's a, it's a beautiful way for people to try and surpass that, that, uh, that glue of being stuck in a certain structure, a certain place in society. Yeah. So let me ask you, Ryan, um, I know I've heard a lot about this from people. Um, I'm just kind of curious on your take of it. So, you know, when you, let's say you go, you Google something and then you Google, uh, Vegas hotels or whatever it is. And then on your Facebook account that next day, you'll see a bunch of ads. Hey, come stay at the Luxor for 58 bucks or whatever it is. And you see all that sort of stuff on your uh, Facebook. Do you have a problem with Facebook having that much um, information about you or um, being able to know what websites you've been on? Um, or and I don't even know how much they know is part of the thing. I, I know they know what websites I'm visiting. I know they know who I'm interacting with. Um, do you have a problem with the algorithm? Do you have a problem with um, – them kind of controlling what what we see and what they don't because let's say let's say i post something and you haven't interacted with any of my um posts recently i don't i think the way it works is you won't see that post um if there's a bunch of other ones that are uh an option facebook will put those ones ahead of mine uh, making you less likely to see mine it's not in chronological order um do you have an issue with them knowing how much that we have or do you have an issue with the algorithm itself yeah, I think it's it's spooky, isn't it? I mean, we've all read 1984. 
in English class in high school, yeah. and it, it, it's a modern day. There's no joke or, or you know, nothing else for the people like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't think there's any more um, questioning it or saying, "Oh no, it's it's like it's it's like it's 1984." I think I mean it, it is. We're living in a day and age that is totally um, uh, being surveillance by Big Brother. And the fa- and a lot of people might say, oh, well, it's, it's harmless. They're just using it to show me ads. And, hell, I like most of these ads anyways. I end up buying a few of these things. Uh-huh. Well, one, I would say that's exactly their point. You know, that you are being used by the system. You're buying those ads when reality you might not, you know, most things you're buying on the Internet you probably don't need in the first place. <laughs> and, two, where is the line drawn, you know? If they're able to... to uh, cater these ads towards you they must have a significant amount of information on you i know you said you don't know exactly what they know yeah. i'm willing to bet it's a lot more than people are willing uh to think and so much so that we live uh this kind of is a uh, another theory of mine but we really we really live in a day and age of a bunch of ostriches barb we live uh everyone as you know they panic and then they just stick their head right in the sand and as long as it's okay in your little um, head in the sand, you know, everything looks good around you. The world is, you know, it's not burning around you. Yep. <laughs> when in reality, we need people that are being um, proactive, you know, and um, really looking around them and saying, hey, what can I do to help? But unfortunately, it's just really not looking that way. And uh, in, in especially when there's just numerous examples of people taking information and using it against you, you know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. huge, it's, it's not, um, it's not in question anymore, it's, you know, it's a basic fact that they do have these algorithms that shows Republicans only, you know, Fox News or whatever, and feeds them that, um, that cyclical type of um, bad fake news, almost, and you really just have to wonder when, uh, when is that going to turn? When is that going to escalate? Or when is that going to turn up a notch? And when is it not going to be an ad? Or when is it going to be, um, you know, an invite to some radical po- or political group? Or mm-hmm. really, you, you can come up with the example, but the the premise is just that we we can't control the line that they've set. So one really can't. If you say that you that you're okay with what's going on, I think you're really just out of the loop. I think you're just naive. And that's that's a great point about what you said about just sticking my head in the ground. And if I don't see it, it doesn't. That's the same type of mentality that you would see in uh, Nazi Germany. Now, <clears throat> definitely not making the comparison of modern day America to Nazi Germany, but just that type of mentality of if I don't see it happening, it's not going on. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know where I stand with it because I feel like I don't know enough uh, about what they're doing. And I think that's kind of the way they like it is they're <clears throat> keeping us in the dark to an extent and we don't know exactly what's going on. And just thinking about how much they actually know or how much um, they could possibly hear. And I have no idea if this is accurate or not, but just thinking about it logically, when you say, hey, Alexa, it hears that, doesn't it? <laughs> It does. So if you're saying anything else, why can't it, it hear that as well? <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, yeah, I think my girlfriend actually just got me an Alexa for my birthday, Barb. And uh, I mean, I think it's just foolish to think it to say it's not listening to your to your every uh, every utterance, to be honest, in the house, anything they can hear. 
And then and one and then people say, Oh, well, I don't mind if it's listening to me, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm not saying anything wrong, I'm not smuggling drugs in and out of my house or anything. But again, that's not the point. It's the it's the concept of your privacy being holy and and um mercilessly just invaded. I mean, there is there's nowhere in you, in your life right now that I'm willing to say that you can be completely off the grid or be unheard or unseen. I mean, there's there's cameras, microphones everywhere. There's there's yeah, cameras and sure. you know floating in outer space. I mean, they. I just learned in my astronomy class uh, last year. Actually, my astronomy professor said that uh, the, this is what they do tell us. So you can imagine what the military. You know, they're not telling us. They obviously don't tell us some you know, their most important things. So this is just one thing that they have confirmed, you know, they, they were allowed to tell us is that they have cameras floating around um, in our atmosphere that are able to zoom in and read the headline off of a newspaper. If it were to just be lying on the wow, ground, that's incredible. <laughs> and so you really have to wonder, you know, is anything, you know, truly not seen or I really wow. think everything is under surveillance. I mean, yeah, there's a couple different ways you can look at that. One is how incredible the technology is now um, and how. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's can't can't discredit that advancement. Yeah. But the way it's used might be problematic. Um, Again, we have no idea how they're using that or what they're doing with that. Um, Yeah. But I mean, that's that's incredible technology. But I mean, that has to be in the right hands. And we all know that our government hasn't exactly been the most reliable hands. Um, exactly. And so, yeah, that's, that's just interesting. Very interesting that they have that ability. Uh, really. Yeah. A little spooky. Like you said, just a little spooky that they. Exactly. That and yes. And if anyone is tuning in and thinking, you know, maybe it's your first time really considering this subject or uh, anything of the likes, uh, you do yourself a favor to just try and inform yourself on the matter because uh, it really is interesting the things that uh, people are able to do with your information on the internet. Now, this is kind of where I wanted to segue into was lightly talking about conspiracy theories. Uh, you you made a great point about uh, how that's kind of looked after. Uh, can you kind of elaborate on what you were saying? Uh, as, as far as conspiracy theories and how it's kind of looked at um, by the general public. Yeah, so we have been voicing our displeasure and general uh, disconcerns with the current state of affairs in government, so I think it's okay to uh, lead this way. And, of course, I don't want to scare any viewers off or anything like that. We won't be going heavy into any uh, crazy conspiracy theories, but um, I think it's I think a nice uh, opening step or a conspiracy theories for dummies or a starter kit uh, would be this one, uh, and one of my um, what a theory that I really, really um, hold true to my heart is that the powers that be, or um, the higher ups, the elites, whatever you want to call them, um, they sit in an advantageous position to have everything kind of stay how it is, right? If you you don't really want people to start nosing around and snooping around and saying, Hey, well, where's all this money actually going? Or, Hey, what are you guys actually doing with this? Or, uh, you know, all these, um, 
corrupt the, the the corruptness in the government and all of the corruptness in banking and um, finance, you know, in the whole totally. financial field, which we see every day, companies going under or under huge lawsuits for laundering money. You know, X Y Z. We see it every I mean, day. Yeah, the less we know, the more powerful they become. Exactly. So they want they yeah they it's in their best interest um, to keep things as are. So um, the theory states or works as in um, maybe in the last twenty to thirty years, uh, maybe even forty years, uh, as as Americans really started to um, look into clo- and closely consider their government and say, well, hey, are these guys actually doing what they say they're doing? Um, those powers that be or those higher ups started to filter in um, kind of like bogus uh, theories, say maybe the flat earth theory or mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the, the, maybe the Tupac or the Biggie theory. Those, oh, those obviously hold merit, but um, things that are just like kind of so outrageous that it's like, what, you know, what are these guys saying? You know, are, how can these guys, or, you know, I know another big one is, People claiming that um, Finland isn't real—that you know the space yeah. occupying Finland in between Russia and Norway is just a big ocean. It's a big sea, and so those are the types of things I'm saying that are like just completely bogus or things that would really discredit the argument of other people who um, really had um, uh, natural or uh, real concerns like about healthy, their government. Healthy questioning is a term I just came up with. Uh, yeah, that's that's a perfect term. Yeah. And so, say you're healthy questioning the government, and uh, or the JFK assassination. Say, say, hey, um, something was a little bit, spook, you know, a little fishy about that. I more clarification, or I want to research a little bit more on my own. And say you find something. Okay, now you um, you're really like, hey, I you, know, you want to go tell your friends, guys. I think I like, I think I know something that's going on. I don't think the government's being completely honest to us. But say um, maybe a month earlier. All of these um, bogus, uh, cons- quote unquote, conspiracy theories were really um, prevalent in in the media. You know, they got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how that uh, rapper—I can't remember his name—but he went on. I think he even had a Twitter war with Bill Nye, the science guy, about the whole flat Earth thing, which gained huge traction over Twitter. You know, so many people are seeing this mm-hmm. and and thinking like, "Geez, how bogus is this? Like, this you know, this guy's got his tinfoil hat on, like." There's no way this can be real. And all of a sudden, all of that real research and real concerns you have over maybe that assassination or you know, any example about your government, everyone discredits you. No one thinks it's plausible or even, uh, even possible just because you're, you've been lumped in with the rest. Exactly. So now there's not, there's not healthy – there's no room for healthy questioning because now any healthy question you ask is automatically going to be deemed a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can any any millennial right now can go ask their parents. Um, well, most I'm not going to say any millennial, but most millennials can go right now and ask their parents how do they feel about conspiracy theories. And most um, most are going to say, you know, oh, I don't, you know, what are you talking about any of that crap about never landing on the moon or yada yada. You know, it's all it's kind of just been they've almost been brainwashed to a certain point where you're not supposed to accept any type of anything that the government doesn't tell you. You're not supposed to, you know you, you shouldn't take or you should never uh, consider, you should never delve deeper into. And so I think um, it's really something to consider for anyone, you know, even if you don't really claim to be a conspiracy theorist, 
because um, I don't think that's, I think that has, that phrase really has a negative connotation. You don't have to be considered a conspiracy theorist. You can be considered a critical thinker. You know, I think that's, that's a skill that's really lacking in today's day and age. People don't have the ability to critically think. And if they did, I think um, we would be in a lot, you know, we would, so many more people would be able to kind of see the, the terrible, terrible truths that are really right in front of their eyes. Yeah, and that's that's another interesting thing because right now there are so many ways to get information, and I think a big problem with doing the research is you're going to have to dig in order to find something that's reliable because if you look up, I mean, just about anything now, you're going to find – so, for instance, if you Google Trump, you're going to see so many different um, opinions, so many different takes. You're going to find a whole bunch of different information about what's going on. The same The same thing – or um, two sides could see something happening and then CNN is going to spin it one way and then Fox is going to spin it another way. And you're like, you read the two and you're like, well, what actually happened? <laughs> oh, 100%. I have no idea what actually happened. And I think people get fed up with that. And I mean, it's, it's going to be work to actually do that research. And I think that's something that a lot of people just don't want to do because either one, they don't care or two, they just don't have time and don't want to um, dig into those sort of things. <clears throat> and it's, it's difficult to trust the uh, the media now. Obviously, Trump has this whole fake news thing going on, but even if you, every side is going to have some sort of slant or some sort of point of view, it's hard to find something that's truly objective. Um, and I think something that is truly objective would have a lot more uh, credibility. But um, yeah, it's hard to find because everything is everything in the the mainstream has a certain spin because they have to appeal to a certain audience. Um, and I mean, that's either your <clears throat> Um, completely anti-Trump uh, and you have to appeal to some audience to get your clicks or get your reads or get your subscriptions. You have to appeal to someone. And I don't think kind of a neutral storytelling, it's not exciting. So it doesn't really appeal to anyone. So the genuine good reporting kind of gets tossed to the wayside where uh, CNN, Fox, they have to appeal to their certain demographics. Yeah. I think that's a really nice point. Everyone um, in our day and age has, is like in a, uh, a constant state of um, shock. You know, it's like everyone's shocked to see, or like the next big thing is, you know, just shocked everyone. Okay. Move on to the next big thing. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's a great point in journalism. Uh, everyone's fighting for that shock factor that, you know, that initial like, Oh my God factor that uh, honestly, you know, real honest journalism really does get lost through the, the entire, you know, National Enquirer and even, honestly, uh, The Onion, you know, they made an entire, <laughs> made an entire uh, business and career, and, you know, life for themselves out of making stories that were just, you know, so, so wild as they couldn't be true. And they're going to be out of business soon because they're, you know, everything in reality is just is more wild than people can make up. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's everyone just searching for that for that wow factor. But and it's just, um, I think the whole um, the whole the whole thing has been created by this bipartisan system. You know, you pick one or the other, and uh, it's going to be it, all of the news slash media is going to cater to either or. You know, there's no yeah. other there's no other options. And I feel <clears throat> I feel like right now um, with a lot of people, you're predisposed one way or another. So right now, you're either you're you're left or right. Pick one. Um, whereas you're not taking an issue, looking at it factually um, from your point of view, and then uh, making a decision then. You're, you're kind of going 
whichever way you want, and then hearing the facts later, you're picking the facts that you like, and bam, you're going to shove those in whatever argument you have, you know? It's, yeah, exactly. It's interesting when you talk to uh, people about Barack Obama. You have people that absolutely sing his praises and say um, he was one of the greatest presidents that ever lived, and then you have other people who um, tarnish him and say that he was one of the worst presidents that ever lived. And, I mean, who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I don't know how you grade a president or what you do. I'm certainly not in that um, realm, but it's just it's interesting how you can get such a wide variety of opinions from he was the worst thing ever. He's the Antichrist. to um, He was the best thing. Since it's I feel like people are just they're predisposed themselves one way and then finding the facts to back whatever it is they're already predisposed to rather than taking all the facts, looking at it holistically and then picking a side based on their worldview. Exactly. And it's all, it all comes down to what, you know, their, their parental upbringing. Usually most people, their, their political background is from, you know, that comes from their parents. And so you just, you kind of perpetuate this, uh, this stagnant kind of pond of just, just, you know, political ineptness. You don't know, you're not gaining anything. You're not, you're not contributing to the to the political um, to the political field. You're just kind of uh, taking what your parents or what your upbringing gave you uh-huh. uh, and rolling from it for, with it from there. And you're just deciding issues on well, am I am I do I am I Republican or am I a Democrat? And okay. that answers that answers your position on a, on a subject when it's entirely how you said it should be. You should be looking at the at the subject at hand, you know, seeing all sides of it and then formulating uh, an opinion that way. But unfortunately people, um, I don't know, maybe we're just, maybe we're just too lazy uh, in today's saying Maybe we're too, we're too catered to, we have everything at the, all the information of the world at a, uh, you know, at the touch of a button. You, you think, and I really it's... think it's just been people, it's really jaded people. I think you think it's, it's borderline too much information, you know, if, if if you go to if you go to In and Out and you got one option one or two options pick one, <laughs> whereas it, it's a lot easier to pick what I want at In and Out than it is at the Cheesecake Factory, you know. Yes, one hundred percent. No, I understand. That. I don't know if it's too much information. Uh, I just think it's. Uh, I think it's just the system. I just don't think there's um, enough options for everybody. Okay. I think having uh, I think having only two sides to choose from, and you know, having every issue split up between those two sides is really problematic. Yeah, that's true. That that's interesting because how kind of each issue has a certain side that it's affiliated with. Um, with so for, for instance, let's just take abortion. How that's more of a left wing thing, and um, gun rights. How that's more of a right wing thing. Well, why can't you be, for instance, um pro-gun rights and pro-abortion for example like exactly just, you don't see that too often because people are just aligning with certain parties and then going with whatever that party says rather than taking each individual separately and looking at it from that standpoint you know 100 percent. yeah so kind of kind of just a poor um way of thinking just across the general american public and yeah kind of what i was getting at earlier it's just a lack a real lack um a depressing lack of critic uh, ability to critically think and uh you know i don't really get it because this is our future you know this is this is the fate of our future and the future of our kids if any of those plan on bringing kids into this world and so it's something to uh it's something to consider definitely 
Absolutely. Trying to, every uh, every or next time uh, there's you know the next big topic of debate in Facebook or the news or whatever, just take a second to analyze both sides critically and you know come up with your opinion out in a vacuum outside of your own political or sociosphere huh. and try totally. and uh, come at it that way. One hundred percent, the best way to go about it. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. Um, you have any final thoughts, Ryan? I don't think so, Barbara. I think this was a, a real nice talk. I think this yeah. is a nice way to ease people in. Yeah. And so uh, just for the people that may be listening to us for the first time uh, that don't know us personally, um, this might have come off a bit anti-America, which isn't the case at all. 100%. This is the best country um, to live in the world and the greatest time to live in it. Um, that's where I stand. I, do you stand on, on the same, uh, on the same plateau there? Oh, I couldn't agree more, Barb. I mean, no one who, uh, is gonna, no one who lives here, obviously, is gonna discredit the, uh, the American way, but I think we can all agree that, uh, we may have gotten away from, uh, from the Ameri- the, the America that our forefathers, uh, put, put down or laid down for us. Mm-hmm. So I think it is up to us to, uh, try not only um secure but really show to the rest of the world that you know we're not we're still the uh the superpower still the role model of the world and uh still something for uh, everyone or still a place that uh, everyone can come to and hopefully find um not only all of the uh things they're looking for financially but also the thing all, everything they're looking for uh, in a home totally um yeah, definitely. Um, nowhere else I'd rather live. You could offer me a ticket to just about it, to anywhere else in the world to, to live there permanently. I'd love to travel, obviously, but just to live there permanently. There's nowhere else and there's no other state I'd rather live in than right here in Southern California where we are. It's Amen. We are uh, blessed with the beautiful uh, oh, Golden State. What a draw. What a what a draw. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, best Best country, best time period, best state and best part of that state. Much, much love for the rest of America, but man, it's pretty great <laughs> here in Southern California. It doesn't get much better than this. Oh, it really doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear about how you have, uh, you have all these different seasons and stuff. You enjoy that snow, or you enjoy that uh, <laughs> sleet, or whatever it is you guys have in the rest of the country. <laughs> oh yeah, it hasn't dipped below uh, six, uh, fifty-five. I would say here in yeah San Diego. <laughs> It's it's pretty great. So, well, yeah, Ryan, I appreciated your time. Uh, we'll do this again soon. Uh, for all those that listen, we appreciate it. This is Millennials with a mic. That's uh, Ryan. You want to give shout out your uh, IG handle? Yeah, of course. If anyone wants to give us a follow on social media, I am uh, Ryan Rob underscore twelve on the IG. And if uh, anyone just wants to come hang out and play some games, maybe do a little bit more chit-chat with me. Uh, I'm also on Twitch under uh, Easy Dubs. That's just a capital E-Z-D-U-B-Z underscore. And uh, we'll be there uh, owning some noobs and talking about uh, talking about some of life's questions as well. So come on and join. <laughs> Perfect. And I'm Brett5522 on Instagram. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, at the four seam surgeon that's at the four seam surgeon like baseball the four seam surgeon and uh yeah stay tuned for uh my locks um at the hashtag hashtag brett's bets and so uh yeah we'll do this we'll do this again soon ryan i appreciate your time and uh have a great day to all you listeners take it easy guys
Have a good one, guys. Thanks, man. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Brett Prater, Brett5522 on Instagram. I'm here accompanied by my friend Ryan Morse. That's RyanRob underscore 12 on Instagram. And this is the first ever edition of Millennials with a Mic. I'm thrilled about this. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing great, Barb. Really, uh, really excited to get this underway. Uh, I know we've had a lot of plans in the making for quite a while now, so it's nice to uh, really see things starting to form. Exactly, exactly. I can't wait to the point where we get this big and we can start getting paid for some ads and everyone has a great time. Just trying to have a good time on here, that's all. (laughs) Amen. Anybody that wants to have a good time is welcome here. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, Ryan, um, just a little bit in current events, we do have the Super Bowl coming up. Um, you You have a pick on the Super Bowl so far. Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's going to be pretty easy, Barb. Uh you know, Tom Brady has found a way to dominate the season in the last 16 years, so I I don't see why you see why you stray away from him here. Exactly. And uh if he's able to come back from a 25-point deficit last year, I think he'll he'll be able to deal with the uh, Carson Wentzless uh, Eagles, that's for sure. What about you? Exactly. Um, you know, I go in with the philosophy that you either bet on Tom or you don't bet the game at all. And there's just – there's no sense in betting someone other than Tom in this game. Just the amount of experience that he has, you're betting on Bill Belichick, you swallow the five points in Minnesota or whatever it is, and you're going to be perfectly fine, I think. Um, yeah, I'm for sure swallowing the points that I'm taking. The greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And, some and things- amen, <laughs> amen to that, and you and uh, – even if you're feeling a little bit uneasy about the game and you're just looking to get some easy cash, I see no problem with the Patriots ML2 as that is uh, something you could just lock away, consider it done a done deal, and not have to worry about the, uh, you know, the outcome of the events. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's as pretty much a lock as you can get. Ron, let me ask you, just as a fellow sports better, um, let's say those odds come out at minus 250. Um, is that something that you like to bet, or do you try to stay away, try to stay in between the minus one thirty and up range, or do you will you bet something that's minus two fifty? Yeah, honestly, it's tough to uh, take that big of a favorite. Um, honestly, I personally stay away from uh, anything that high, but it is something that I would recommend to maybe someone just getting into sports betting or someone who just wants to uh, have something to. Or have something to root for, you know, while you're going to these Super Bowl Super Bowl parties and getting drunk, uh, you might as well, you know, make make some make a small winning on it as well. But now personally, I usually try to keep it right around the uh, plus one ten to minus one uh, ten. And any of those who are close to me know I'm a big uh, dog fan, so <laughs> going uh, all the way up into the plus odds too. I'm a big fan of. Got gotcha. yeah. But uh, I- something that you did get out earlier, Barb, that I uh, think we could highlight is taking the best player to play the game uh, on a bet at with only always minus a five look. odds always is a always good. a good look. <laughs> so you, I don't think you can ever go wrong there. And uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously, but you would have done you would have done well so far up to this point in his career, wouldn't you say? Of course. <laughs> Yeah, against, but, uh, against the spread, I wish I had the stats in front of me. I'm curious. Maybe we'll have one of our statisticians get after that and see his entire career what Tom Brady is against the spread. Uh, uh, 
I'm sure just tailing that. Just incredibly profitable, I would assume. Oh, one can only assume, yeah. And when he holds, I mean, record after record in postseason and regular season, including wins, postseason wins, postseason touchdowns, <laughs> passing yards, games, Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins, Super Bowl MVPs. It's uh, it's hard to argue the other side, Barb, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. And the the interesting thing about Tom Brady, I think, is we're we're not even discussing greatest football player anymore. He he's it's just not even it's not even discussed. That is, we're not know, that's cemented. Yeah, we're not even talking about that anymore. We're talking about is he the greatest American sports athlete that's ever walked? That's kinda of where or the, Barb yes. Barb, let me just take it one step further. Has is he the greatest human being? Has he lived <laughs> The greatest life thus far. <laughs> See, I I, pers- uh, I personally would think so, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Absolutely, but just as far as just athletes, we'll talk yeah, about this. Yes, sorry. Go moment. ahead. But just as far as athletes are concerned, we're not comparing him to Joe Montana anymore. We're not comparing him to any other football player, really. Um, he's far and away the best person that's ever picked up a football. But we're talking about comparing him to other greats now. The only other sport where I think that exists, where there's a clear and away best of all time, is hockey. Uh, obviously, Wayne Gretzky's the best person to ever pick up a stick. But, I mean, if you've ever seen any of the footage, you can tell the goalies have absolutely no idea what they are doing back then. They're sliding around. It's nowhere <laughs> near the level that it is now. But just as far as records and numbers are concerned, he's far and away the best. And he's doing it right now, you know, in 2018. At the exactly. age... At the age of 40 years old, in his 16th or 17th season, with a family at home and a Victoria's Secret model wife, uh, <laughs> might I remind you, who I believe uh, in records indicate makes more money than he does. Well, mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? That I mean, that's insane. That's his life is insane. Let me ask you: Do you think that having? Do you think that serves as a distraction? I mean, obviously it hasn't, but. Tom Brady is just he's not he's not like us. He's not like the rest of the population. <laughs> Tom Brady no, is on a different level. I mean borderline immortal. Borderline I, immortal. I I couldn't agree more. The word demigod really uh, <laughs> comes to mind in in sixth grade mythology you'd learn about the gods and then they would come down and you know have relations with humans and produce these Herculean type offspring, and I think of Tom Brady, honestly, when that when that comes to mind. <laughs> Precisely. I mean, the man literally, just talking about his life now, the man literally has one of the most incredible stories. Of course, he's a six-round draft pick, overlooked. I mean, just what more could you ask for? It's an incredibly um, started-from-the-bottom-now-we're-here type story. Um, if you've seen the picture of him, and I think it's high school, he's kind of a chubby guy. Um, uh-huh. Real lengthy looking guy, too. Yeah, eventually thins out, makes it work, fits, grows into his body. Um, but yeah, just he has this incredible story just as far as sports. But let's take football away aside for a minute. I mean, the guy is clearly a good looking guy. Um, he has a Victoria's Secret model as a wife. Um, I'm sure. True, poster child children, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, to boot. <laughs> um, and yeah, you include his, his stuff with Uggs, which I'm not sure if he would have that. Um, aside, just for sake, let's say he that he does. Um, you take football away, and this guy is probably already living a top, a top twenty, top thirty life all time. T- taking football all away, all time, 
taking football away. You include football, which you include football, which America's probably number one most popular sport right now. Uh, and he's the greatest to ever do it. And you are looking at the greatest, the greatest human to ever walk this earth, in my opinion. I don't think, I don't think a life gets better than that of Tom Brady. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Really, it's hard to debate. Hard to debate anything else. And people might bring up, oh, well, what about rulers or uh, Caesars across the history of the world? But we're living in the modern age where mm-hmm. anything is accessible with the snap of a finger, especially if you are Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And you uh, people also argue, well, what about people richer than Tom Brady or more well-off? Well, do they have all of the, the beautiful family, the the pedigree of exactly. just athletic dominance? I, don't, I, I just can't see anyone else really topping that. I don't think so. And even those old guys, you still have to remember, even if you were a king in Rome, you were still taking a poop in a bucket and throwing it out the window. Like oh, back yeah. Back in the B.C. era or whatever. Like that's... And only living till you're 30 until your, uh, your best mates stab you in the back. Yeah, or you died from whatever. You died from the common cold. <laughs> from, or syphilis, you know, from the, the town whore. I mean, yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> it's just really a lot of options, and there's a lot of X factors. But you know what doesn't have an X factor, Barb, is Tom Brady. Just consistently, consistently dominant in uh, in everything he does. Really, true. And it's not even like let let's say let's say Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Let's say they combine, and let's say they combine in Tennessee, for instance. I. I still think they're great, but I don't think they rise to the level that they do. As they're in, they're in Boston. They're in that huge market. They're the Patriots, one of the biggest brands in all of the world. Um, it's just a perfect storm. I think it's a. 